Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I'm catching up with Melbourne-based artist Susie Blake. How are you going, Susie? I'm good, thank you, Tom. So do you want to tell the listeners uh, where you're from and uh, how you got into art? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I'm from Melbourne. Um, I'd always been interested in um, sort of all all kind of kinds of like creativity. Like I really liked um, music and singing and um, like I also liked um, painting and drawing and just always throughout my childhood um, had really just gravitated towards those sorts of areas. Um, and, and yeah, but then I, I sort of, I guess I grew up in a very kind of conservative family. Um, and so, uh, art was a hobby. So it was that sort of attitude and, uh, yeah, the rest of my family were very into sports and, um, stuff like that. So I was always like the, the black sheep, I guess. Um, yeah. But being that um, the art was a hobby and they were into sports, if you went down the sports route, would that be considered a hobby or would that be considered something you could pursue? <laughs> Possibly. They might have been okay with it. I mean, one of my cousins is um, is a basketballer in the state. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> No, it was just sort of more art was just, yeah. I don't think they understood it, you know. Like I don't think they really, they they were like, they thought it was great that I could make things and, you know, do sort of creative things. And they were like, oh, wow, you know, like. So did you um did you go to art school at all? Yeah, so I, I finished school. I went to um, a Star of the Sea College in Gunvale. Um, and then all girls school, very feminist. Jermaine Greer went there, and her um, legacy is felt throughout. So it was always very much like that at our school. Um, but we, um, so when I finished school, I went and did this course. It was called it was a Bachelor of Creative Arts at um, the BCA. It was sort of BCA Melbourne Uni, but we were based at, at Melbourne, and it was sort of quite a broad course. So because I was a bit unsure exactly about what I wanted to do. Um, And sort of at the time I thought, oh, maybe I'll just go and work as like a curator. So I'll still be in the art world, um, but I won't actually be making art. So it sort of, you know, it was sort of like I felt like I guess that conservative element, you know, like, oh, you can't have an actual career as an artist. So, you know, just go and work and, you know, hang exhibitions and look at other, you know, have other, you know, work with other artists, I guess. So, that was sort of my aim. And so I finished the course, but I, so I sort of did art history and photography and a bit of painting and stuff like that. Um, but the main focus at that point was photography. Um, and then, um, then I uh, traveled uh, around Australia after I graduated and went to, um, ended up in Broome and got a job at an Aboriginal art gallery there and loved it. It was a really amazing time um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but then I broke up with my then boyfriend, came back to Melbourne and, yeah, I was a bit wild. Actually, it's probably an understatement. I was off the charts 
<laughs> anyway, I let I I stayed in Melbourne for a bit. Got another job at um, in this Aboriginal arts advocacy organisation called Anchor, and again working with Aboriginal artists. They're helping develop like art community sort of you know because they have all the art centres in the different. I don't know if you've been out the outback and that, but. Um, yeah, so they have all the art centres, also helping develop those. And then um, I was based in this town called Kananara. And that was just, yeah, it's just like this whole, just a whole different world. It's sort of hard to explain how different it is out there. It really is like, you know, just Melbourne's just so different. And um, anyway, so I, I did that for a while and then that didn't really last probably on account of my, I don't know, behaviour. I don't know. I was just, I was only 23, 24. No, yeah, 24 at that point. Anyway, so I finished that job, went back to Melbourne, got a job in another art gallery, and then that didn't really last either. And then I just said to my mum, I'm leaving. And she said, that's a great idea. Hmm. I said, I'm going going to Europe. See, I'm going. She said, that's a really good idea, Susie. I think you need to go. And so I left. Now, before you go, before you go on any further, I'm just curious. Like going back to art school, um, I, I never went to art school, and a lot of the guests on the podcast uh, didn't go to art school either. But I'm just uh, curious of what your um, your takeaways were. Like, what what do you learn? Like, what were the things that sort of you know you you were taught in art school that have stuck with you? Freud, um, yeah. feminism. Uh, what did else did I take away? I think they were, it was sort of the theoretical aspect of it that was sort of the most impactful. Um, but then again, also like really got, you know, I got to do a lot of things. So etchings, you know, like, um, and really getting into the dark room. So the facilities, I think, at art school are great because you can, um, you can dabble around with lots of different things. But there's also a lot of freedom too. Um, and But I really, I mean, one of my favourite places is the dark room. Like, I just love it. Um, and I was really just drawn to it. I think it's a really quiet, calm, sort of dreamy sort of place. And so I think that that was my, they were my favourite parts of it for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, you took off to Europe after that? Yeah. So then, um, yeah, so I didn't, I, originally I really wanted to go to Spain, um, but I didn't really know anyone there. And so I ended up going to London because um, my cousin was there at the time and I had some friends. So I thought Look, that might just be easier. So, yeah, so I saved my money, hopped on a plane and, um, yeah, and ended up there for um, 10 years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and there I got, um, again, I sort of still working in that sort of curatorial side of things. Mind you, I was always taking photos over, like, my whole life really, but just not taking it seriously. But um, so I got a job in another sort of art gallery and then, um, but it was sort of like a sort of assistant kind of job. And then um, because of my visa, I was only able to work um, 
for a year. It was they had this weird visa situation at the time, and um, anyway, um, but I was applying for this other kind of visa, and anyway, so I had to leave that job. But then a friend of mine, um, she um, she was working for Elle McPherson, and Elle needed another assistant, and so she said, "Do you want the job?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, all right." okay, it was not really what I was thinking I would be doing, but okay, it looks like I'm a personal assistant now. So I started working for Elle and, um, yeah, that was just like, and then I, yeah, that was obviously very different to what I was planning to do. And then um, then I finished up there. I sort of said to Elle, look, I just don't think I can do this anymore and um, just it was so admin and, you know, and, and, and I'm being a creative person, I don't think I was the best person <laughs> for the job. And she said, oh, yeah, no, that's probably good, Susie. It's far too robotic for you, this job. But it was good because she got me work um, assisting some really good um, photographers and stuff. So, so then I started assisting um, and then also just working like as a, um, as a, like a temp um, you know, like personal assisting in different other ad agencies and stuff like that. And, um, and then I ended up um, really starting to pursue photography a lot more um, just in my own time. And because I was sort of friends with a lot of musicians and sort of in that sort of music scene, I was taking a lot of photos of bands and stuff like that. And then I got a job um, shooting for NME, which is a music publication there. Um, and yeah, and then things just sort of went off from there really, um, starting out mainly with the music stuff and then sort of started doing some campaigns and, um, yeah. And so, yeah, then, um, just kept shooting while I was there and just pretty much everything and anything. Um, and then I, um, sorry, with, with NME, like what sort of, um, were you like a freelance photographer for them or were you actually like on the books and they were sending you around to do stuff? Yeah, so you, the way it's sort of like, yeah, you know, you you are a freelancer and you invoice them and then they like basically own, it's like working for, it's kind of like working for Getty or something like that. So, yeah. Um, but then I was also working for different um, places, like different venues and that. So, um like this place, like the hospital club and like they would need photographers. So um, I did some stuff for like um, the guardian and a lot of events like, um, yeah. So, but yeah, it was all focused around music. I met my, um, my now partner cause I took photos of him. So it was all sort of, it was just. Was he, was he in a band? Yeah, he was in a band. Yeah. What, what band? So, are, you, are you an angel or? <laughs> I don't know if anyone in Australia knows Guillemots, um, but they were big in the UK. They were nominated for a Brit and Mercury and stuff like that. So, so they were big, you know, yeah. like they were in the charts and everything. But um, were there, were there any other uh, big bands that you you took photos of? Uh, I took I shot Florence and the Machine when she was just like, I think it was one of her first sh- shows. Yeah. Um, and who else? Like XX and oh, I can't even remember half of them. Like Robin, Bring Me the Horizon, Prodigy, Chris Cornell. Um, 
I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so bands. Yeah. Were you starstruck <laughs> at all or was it just uh, doing the job? Yeah, I think it was just doing the job. Yeah. And also having worked for Elle and all that, it just sort of, I think in the UK, well, yeah, you sort of, I don't know, you're a, well, we, I, I felt like we were just surrounded by that thing a lot, sort of thing a lot more. Hmm. It's yeah. not like here where it's like, oh, my God, there's a Hollywood star, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I find, I find um, you know, in lots of different uh, areas, like it's the people who are in the middle that have the biggest egos, if you know what I mean. So say, <laughs> say you've got this, uh, say you've got a, a, an emerging artist and they're quite, you know, chill. And then you got these like big superstars and they're chill as well. But you get these like middle middle range ones, like middle management, you know what I mean? And they've got like the biggest <laughs> egos and <laughs> Oh my god, it's yeah. so true. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. god, I know. But, so that's a good uh, a good gauge. If you know your uh, your ego's getting too big, it means you're just in the middle, you know, you're not yeah. a superstar yeah. yet. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. yeah, but no, it was good. I really liked it. But then, look, I after that, and look, working in that sort of area, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it at the time, and it was sort of like good because it was sort of fusing my um, social life and my work life together in a way. So it all came together. But then, then I got. Uh, pregnant and then things really just changed completely for me so um, I wasn't out wasn't sort of you know doing the whole thing and then and then my partner said look let's let's move to Australia and I was like really you sure you want to go there and um, he's Brazilian so he's from Sao Paulo like totally different and I was like okay well let's do it then it'd be nice to go back and be with my family and my old mates and everything. So we came back um, and uh, and at that point I was actually pregnant with my second. So by the time like, we got back here, so that was 2015, and um, had him and then, um, yeah, I just sort of wasn't really wanting to pursue like sort of commercial photography. I, I just... Or, or even work as a photographer. I just, you know, and plus I just didn't really want to have to build up all my contacts again and the whole sort of thing. Um, and also being a mum, I was just like, my world is totally different now. So um, so then I um, thought I'd like to sort of pursue what I'd originally intended, which was really to work as an artist. Um, so I um, went back and did a master's at BCA in contemporary art and, um, yeah, and then things have just totally changed really since then. So I feel like I've done like this big sort of full circle. So the intention, I guess, was to work as an artist but I just didn't have the confidence to do it um, until now really in the last few years um and so now a lot of my work um really revolves around uh women and um sort of like the female body um and then yeah so um, I guess doing my master's was great in terms of 
really being able to um, just do projects that I probably wouldn't have done um, had I not been in the institution. So it just sort of, there's just a lot of freedom to, oh, well, I used it really as just an opportunity to just do the most way out things I could possibly think of um, and just um, utilise the, <clears throat> the, the the art stuff there really just to throw ideas around and um, just do stuff that, yeah, was mm. just a bit nuts, I guess, yeah. And, and being that you, uh, you'd been away for... 10 years and then uh, coming back, do you see that as a good opportunity to uh, reinvent yourself? Yeah, definitely. There were so many things about coming home that, you know, have related to my work hugely. And, um, yeah, I think the experiences that I had abroad, though, were really um, important. Um, I think I needed that time really to sort of find myself and just be on my own and, um, yeah, and just... I guess I found and still find, I found at the, when I was younger and continue to find Australia to be really um, a bit clicky and conservative in many ways. And so I think London is very free, you know, like you could walk down the street naked and no one would even look at you. Whereas here people are a bit more shocked by eccentricity and stuff like that. So um yeah, so I think I really liked those aspects of of that sort of London crazy, you know, like they're just a bit nuts. Yeah. So, and um, do, do you find that um, also you know, choosing to pursue photography as a as an artist, it's mm. um, you know, you could look at all the different. Uh, I know there's so many different roles a photographer can have. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like a commercial photographer, mm-hmm. and you know, you could have found yourself, you know, as a food photographer or something like that but you know there's there's so many different roles a photographer can have um was it uh daunting saying I'm going to be a, an art art photographer uh yeah but you know what I um I've always um been really inspired by the YBA the young British artists like Tracy Emin and Damien Hurst and that sort of how they were have been and continue to fuse multiple art forms in their practice um so even though i'm a photographer by trade um i always like to sort of do other sort of um, things you know like installations and more conceptual kinds of work so um yeah so i guess i have the skills um you know to do a lot with photography and um i guess for me it's like that's where I really kind of play around create creatively. Um, and then with the other kinds of works that I do, then that's just a bit more, yeah, more conceptual, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I mean, photography is extremely broad. Um, yeah, but I've just always loved it. So I can't not, can't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, the art that you do as a photographer compared to, you know, the work you're doing in London is, uh, you know, I take it it's, it's really different, yet you um, incorporate a lot of your knowledge that you picked up over totally. those years? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the skills um, are there, um, but the, um, I guess, the content um, and the subject matter is obviously completely different. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah. But I think, like, a lot of my work is 
like portraiture too. I really enjoy working with people. So um, mm. for like my project, what does breastfeeding look like? Um, where I just literally walk around and, you know, photograph women breastfeeding their babies. Um, you know, that for me at the time was sort of um, a real opportunity to engage, I guess, with other women um, and to see what their lives were like for my own sort of understanding and appreciation. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of it is about sort of communicating with other people, other women particularly. Um, yeah. yeah. And you also work with film a lot. Um, you know, did, did you find it uh, a big difference to go, a big transition to go from um, still photography into the moving image? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I sort of, I mean, I, the thing about digital is that um, I think you beca can become a bit lazy sometimes. So, it's really easy to sort of go, oh, look, I can just keep shooting and shooting and shooting and, like, not actually think about what you're doing, whereas, you know, working on film, you're really reduced. You, like, you really have to think about is this going to be a good photo, like, because I don't have that much on the roll here, you know. I've got 24 shots max. And, um, yeah, so I think film makes you a much more considered photographer and it slows you down a lot. Um, but then I guess, you know, um, the thing about digital is that you can really just um, get a lot of freedom, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I guess with digital I find there is a sort of like, I guess it's how, you know, a musician might compare analogue to digital sounds. Mm -hmm. um, and I sort of feel the same way about um, film um and digital, it's sort of got a digital just has this sort of harshness and sort of like a perfection, like everything's just so precise and exact. Um, yeah, so I, I still work with film. So my recent work that I have um, on my show, um, Blood Mountain at the moment, that incorporates both film um, and digital and scanning and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, kind of like to use use a bit of both really because um, I can see the benefits of both. So I wouldn't, I don't discount one or the other. Yeah. I think they have value. Yeah. Cool. Um, and um, can you describe some of your uh, your projects to the, uh, to the listeners? Yeah. Like um, I guess so the current show I've got on at the moment is Blood Mountain and that's showing at a space, uh, a new space called Grau Project and that's in Clifton Hill. So it's basically this big, it's a big old warehouse really. It's absolutely massive and I definitely recommend people go down there just even just to see the sheer size of it because there's actually nothing like it um, in Victoria, nothing that big, no way. Um, so on show there is um, basically I've got, an installation um, and that's called Blood Mountain and it's a, um, a mountain of red clothing and apparel. Um, it's like 3,000 kilos and it's about three metres high and it's um, inserted in the pile are like um, little uh, feminist slogan T-shirts and stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's was sort of a commentary on those sort of hollow feminist 
slogans. Think I don't know. I was just thinking a lot about sloganism and how easy it is to sort of just say, oh, you know, I support women. But then the irony in wearing a T-shirt that's made by somebody in Bangladesh who probably gets paid $3 a day and is anything but empowered. And I suppose I've always wa- – I, I like drawing attention to um, irony and hypocrisy, stuff like that. So um, – so that was that. That's that aspect of that work. And then um, analogous to the installation is um, a series of um, photographic work. So um, I do a lot of um, sort of double exposure and those works. So uh, the, the basically landscapes um, layered with sort of like nudes of the female form and stuff um, and leaves that I've scanned um, there's like blood and yeah, so it's sort of yeah, so these are there's sort of a bit more surreal, um, the photographic works. Um, but again, looking at um, you know, earth and um, femininity and things like that. So, um, so that's so that's that show, and um, yeah, so I've had other works like um, the wall of shame I did, that was a wall a wallpapered wall that I installed. This was at VCA um, with floral wallpaper on it. And then I had like a, a little photograph of me actually as a teenager, um, but I made myself look pregnant, like Photoshopped it, and that sort of hung on the wall. And then um, I had like textures, like marker pens, um, and invited women to write up experiences of when they'd been shamed. Because I was thinking about teen pregnancy and just how like people sort of shame teen mums and stuff. And so I just wanted to explore that idea. And that was around the time of Me Too. So they sort of, that sort of worked. That was quite a successful work. So, um, but yeah, most of my work is is focused, um, yeah, on on women and stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I went and um, I went to a, been to a couple of shows at Growl Project, and it's uh, mm-hmm. you're right, it is an amazing space. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I walked in there. I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. I went to Matt Bax's exhibition there, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really unique space. Oh, it's just phenomenal. Because when Matt said to me, oh, do you want to show in this space I'm opening? I was like, yeah, great. And originally um, we met um, because he had this space in in the city and it was just before Christmas or just after Christmas, I should say. And I had a little bit of time to spare. So I was just wandering around like the basement of Maya, which I would never normally go into, but there were just all these clothes everywhere and sale signs. And I just thought, God, this is so bad. And then there was this one little T-shirt that said girl power. And I thought, bloody hell, is this girl power, you know? And then um, and then met with Matt. And it was actually initially at that point um, the space was going to be quite small. And I, I st- and I had this is basically when I sort of had the idea for the, for the show, but then um, not long after that, he said that that place wasn't happening, but he'd found a, a disused garment factory, um, and I thought, oh my god, I can I can do I can do my work there now, you know, because it was so big and 
being a garment factory, it it made sense. So yeah, but it's um yeah, it's really great. It's really good. It's it's daunting as well because it's sort of so big. Mm. Um, but it really it's a great opportunity if you're an artist to to be able to work in such an unusual and just just such a massive space. It's just great. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. And how mm. long is your show on there for? Uh, it's on until the first of June. Yeah, okay. it's a good yeah. run. Yeah, no, it's great, and they go and your shows go on for longer there too. So that's really good. Mm. All right, Susie, uh, time for some uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah. All righty. Uh, name one artist you think deserves more shine. Can I name two? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, so, the first one would be Jasper Jacobson. These actually, these are, I guess, these are my friends. Um, but his work is amazing. He sort of does these very creepy, uh, what would you call them, interventions, yeah, in objects. So, yeah, he's worth looking at. And my other friend, um, Ali McCann, again, hers are kind of like that too, sort of um, she did works with photography and sort of abstraction, yeah. So they're both artists I think that are worth looking at. Cool. Yeah. I'll check them out. <laughs> um, what's one medium you'd love to work with? Uh, film. Yeah, like making movies. Mm. That's my... But haven't you secret. already done done that? Because I saw on your website you've got videos on I do there. have video like in art, but I mean more features. Like oh, okay. Really direct. Yeah, have some... Yeah, or painting. I really like painting. I'd like to go back to that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, they're two very accessible mediums in this day and age. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's one skill you wish you had? Oh, I wish I could play the guitar. I think that'd be so great. I feel, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I reckon it'd just be the best. Just the best instrument. Well, your partner's a musician. What, what instrument does he play? Oh, he plays guitar and like a hundred other ones too. So oh, mainly go. guitar, but yeah. There you go. Yeah. You got a you got a, a guitar teacher in your house. Well, yeah, I know, but I don't want to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like um, yeah, when there's someone who you know really well, it's hard to teach them things sometimes. Totally. It's much easier with a stranger. Yeah. Yeah, nicer. definitely, <laughs> because they're more patient. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, that won't work. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to go off and get some private lessons. I know. Yeah. Um, who's your favourite artist? Oh, God. I Look, I have so many. I couldn't just name one. Can I name a few? Yeah, go for it. I feel like each period in my life has sort of I've had a different ones that I've been interested in. So when I was much younger, I really liked the Surrealists. So... Um, like uh, Salvador Dali and Magritte and I really liked um, Man Ray sort of and, and those ones. And then and then as I started to become more interested in photography, I really, really loved Bill Henson and still do and Pat Brasington. So that was sort of my Aussie period. Um, and then as I got a bit older, I started to be more interested, like I said before, in like the YBA artists, like artists like um, Richard Billingham and Tracy Emin and people like that. Um, but at the moment, I really like this painter called uh, Miriam Khan. 
Uh, her work is so beautiful. She does these really eerie sort of paintings and, yeah, she's fantastic. And then for Lydia Barlow, who's a British artist, she represented uh, the UK at um, Venice in 2017. And there's a photographer, well, he's sort of like a photographer. He's John Stezica, um, and he sort of gets old photographs and places them together and creates these sort of like creepy um, sort of, yeah, images out of found images. So, yeah, I don't know. There's so many, yeah. so many. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's a tough question, that one. But have you I, found have you found that uh, as, you know, you've gone through different eras of your life and the uh, influences have changed, have, have you noticed uh, that different people have influenced your art as well? Totally, mm. yeah. Totally. I think, yeah. And I think they, you know, for different reasons and yeah, I think like it depends on, you know, what you're going through at the time maybe and what your intentions are. I don't know. Do you find that? Yeah, totally. But I find that, uh, you know, as you, you might move from one style to another, but there'll be a, um, like an influence from the previous style that sticks with you, if you know what I mean. Yes. And you, and it's like, as you move through and you change as you know, as humans do throughout their life, um, you know, you, you pick up these tricks and tips that you learn from having different different influences, and uh, uh, you know, you end up becoming a mongrel of all those influences yeah. down the end. You know, <laughs> which is good because it ends up means that you you uniquely you. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What advice would you give your younger self? Um, I would say to believe in yourself and stay focused. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, focus um, is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. I definitely think um yeah, it would have been better if I'd been more focused. But then I think if you believe in yourself then you can be more focused, but if you lack belief then it's hard because mm. you don't really know what you're doing because you're not feeling confident, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's like it's it's both. Yeah. Because um, maybe if I'd believed that things were achievable, then maybe I would have committed or stayed more focused to my true goals and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I think also if, uh, you know, if you see people who have natural talent for certain things mm. and they can just yeah. pick something up and they're at a really high level from the get-go, um, yeah. I, I find that uh, they don't stick it at, you know, whatever they're good at. It's because they haven't had to work hard at it and they don't need the focus to actually get to that level. It's it's be- yeah. it's come automatic and then they uh, they lose focus and just drop off. Definitely. Yeah. Because so much about being an artist, um, I think, um, is not just about making the work. You know, it's, it's other aspects. And I mean, with anything in life, I guess, it's like um, you've got to bring a number of different skills into it. Um, in order to, um, you know, to have, to, to make things happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's ta- sheer talent isn't, isn't just, isn't enough. Cause what if you don't have drive or determination or all of those things? Cause I find a lot of successful people out there, sometimes they're not even, they may not necessarily be that talented, but they've just worked so hard, um, to get to the point that they're at and, I think that's really inspiring, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, do you have a, uh, a dream project you'd love to work on? 
Yeah, I do. I have a few like in my head, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to say what they are. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no hints? <laughs> no. No, all right. Uh, you're worried someone might steal your idea, eh? Oh, God, I don't know. And I, I haven't fully articulated some of them yet, so they're just they're in my head. They'll happen, but, you know, yeah. it's just they're simmering. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least they're there and they're simmering. It's better yeah. than having no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, where are you wanting to take your art career? I think I would like to go back to London. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I booked tickets to London the other day. Really? Yeah, I'm back off there. Great. I've got a one way at the moment. Ha- one way. Oh, yeah, I'll have to come back, obviously, but I just don't know. I've got to see how the money's going by the time I jump on that plane. <laughs> how long are you going for? What are you doing? I, I don't know how long I'm going for at the moment, but uh, I've got an exhibition over there. Great. Yeah, London, Where at? Uh, Stolen Space Gallery. Where's that? Uh, it's in Shoreditch. Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just starting to work on that. It's with, oh, uh, it's with two friends. So it's going to be good. Yeah. Are they Aussie or British? Yeah, or? Aussie. Yeah, one from uh, Sydney and another one from Adelaide. Oh, that's great. So it's just the three of you, group show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah. I'm trying to trying to go a bit more international with my art. And, yeah, uh, and why not? I mean, like, the things are different now. You know, we have mm. the internet. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just opened things up so much more. It's, I love it. Mm. You know, yeah, because I thought about it. It's like I can sit there, sit in the studio, tinkering away, waiting for opportunity to come my way, or I could just make it happen and go off and do it. So I've, uh, yeah, so I just booked a ticket and going to go to America as well and see if something can happen over there. And yeah, yeah. Whereabouts in in the states are you going to go? LA. Perfect. Yeah, one of my favorite galleries. See, a lot of my favorite galleries are are in the US and. The UK and that. Yeah. Any future plans or projects? Um, so I've just, I got nominated for the Nilambit Contemporary Art Prize. So that's going to open on the 30th, Thursday, the 30th of May. So that's quite good because, um, yeah, so I entered that with this because I've got another, I've got a series I'm working on called Grand. So basically I'm photographing portraits of great grandmothers in very sort of formal settings um, with big gold ornate frames because I wanted to sort of talk about, well, partly I wanted to sort of talk about like um, the the role of great grandmothers in our society and just old old people generally so you know like in sort of more um traditional cultures you know um you know you you refer to the elders and they're sort of respected and and now I feel like we sort of shove our elderly people into you know homes and I just feel like they're not really respected in our culture um whereas youth is just is just is just the goal you know and um and I just, I just think that we need to look at things like wisdom and, and lived experience and the importance of those things. So anyway, so this series of portraits of great-grandmothers um, is what I'm working on at the moment. So if any of your listeners have a great-grandmother um, in their life, 
or they should contact me because I'm looking for them. Okay, um, I've got one. I can uh, great put her in touch. She yeah. used to be an artist as well, so she'd love to take oh, part in perfect. it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Great. Okay, well, let's sort this out because yeah. I'd like to get her involved. Yeah. So, but this particular portrait is actually that I entered into the prize is of my grandmother and um, she's actually the great, well, I am the great, great niece of Eustace Jorgensen who built Monsalvat. Do you know Monsalvat? No, I don't. Yeah, so it's a, I was an artist colony in um, Eltham. Oh, yeah, I know and, what you mean. So, yeah. I've yeah. heard about. I've heard about it. I just didn't know the name. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, so... But anyway, she was telling me recently that Eustace painted her portrait, um, but he, um, but her mother, being a conservative woman, threw the portrait away. Um, and so, and my grandmother, um, when her husband died, she um, took up painting. So there's all these sort of like tie-ins because the Nilembic Prize is showing at Montsalvat. So I just feel really good about the fact that, um, yeah, like my portrait of my grandmother who's a painter, is going to be shown in Montsalvat. And, yeah, so there's just all of this family and connection and that. So, um, anyway, so that's going to open, um, yeah, at the end of the month. So um, so I'm happy about that one. Yeah, so that's the next thing, I guess. Cool. <laughs> mm. um, and where's the best place for uh, people to see your art online? Uh, SusieBlake.com, S-U-Z-I-E. B-L-A-K-E.com or Susie Blake shoots on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. All right, Susie. Well, um, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's been great. Yeah, no, really nice to talk with you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest's artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to the website benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode.